Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. She grew up with the children of the stars. And welcome to this edition of the Kings Podcast here on the Believe Network, the only place where you can find a show for every team in LA. I'm your co-host Shannon Bentley, alongside former NHLer Kevin McClelland. Thanks, Kevin, for joining me. No problem. I know it's not been uh, uh, the best of uh, uh, season for the Kings in the last little uh, few games. Over the last nine games, or you know, in a funk of uh, you know nine losses in a row. So. Again, you know, they still got a lot to play for till the end of the season. Uh, they're going to get a lot of young guys. They'll probably get extra opportunities to see what they can do in the NHL. So you always take a positive spin. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is you just got, still just got to keep playing hard all the time. Absolutely. And this is usually a time where some of the up-and-comers or the rookies need to kind of audition for next year and prove themselves in the lineup. But a lot of the veterans themselves – like Carter, are saying, we're all playing for our jobs as well. So there's a lot of changes that are going to be made over the uh, offseason, I have a feeling. Yeah, there's going to be. Anytime that you have uh, have a season like this, you know, obviously management's going to take a good look at it and uh, see what the best situation is moving forward for the organization. And, you know, they didn't make a lot of trades, obviously, or a lot of noise at the deadline. And, uh, you know, Blake's the type of guy that's not going to uh, do a knee-jerk reaction move just to uh, say they did a move. He's going to do it uh, uh, in in well-being for the hockey club. And uh, nothing happened to the deadline. So, you know, I'll imagine a lot of different things will happen uh, during the summertime leading up to training camp. But the big thing is it's going to give some young guys in the, in the minor leagues probably an opportunity to come up and, like you said, showcase their talents and uh, hopefully fight for a spot next year in training camp. Yeah, Rob Blake, the LA Kings GM, had a lot to say to get this team kind of turned around and, and how they're going to transition. Yeah, I mean, Blake's a warrior, man. He's, he's you know, he was an unbelievable player and he cares and uh, and that's a big thing. That's uh, the why LA is so fortunate to have a guy like him uh, in charge of the troops here. But again, they just got to go and they got to play hard. There's a lot of guys playing for jobs. Uh, there's new guys coming up. And that's what it's all about. Is I mean, you have to earn your keep to play in the NHL, and uh, it's not uh, given to you night after night. You have to earn it, and these guys are going to have to start earning it. That's right. And this uh, trade with for Jake Muzzin is catching a lot of people's eye. Um, for Grunstrom, Jersey, and a first-round draft pick in 2019, a lot of them are saying that uh, this this draft pick could end up being as high as 17th if there's a Boston-Toronto series and Boston wins. Yeah, and that's what I mean. You never know what those uh, uh, draft picks are going to be. And, uh, you know, that's why you have your scouting staff. Rob Blake is going to put a lot of trust in what they say. And they're going to get a good player at that 17th uh, uh, pick for sure. And if it goes higher, that's even better. But, you know, they're going to do their good homework on there. And, and uh, you know, Muslim was a, 
a good player. He's doing well in Toronto, but you know they got the future of this uh, uh, pick in the June draft, and who knows what he's going to be down the road for the LA Kings. Now, since we last spoke, um, there have been four losses against the Predators, the Panthers, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. And I would have to say, I think they played their best game against Tampa Bay. Yeah, they did. And then also uh, uh, Campbell was in the net for that. But, you mm-hmm. know, we said before this road trip, they're going into some tough buildings. And anytime you start off a road trip going into Nashville, you know it's going to be an uphill battle the rest of the way. But, you know... They're not getting pummeled in shots or, or anything like no. that. They're in games. They're just making mistakes. I, I, you know, I just noticed a lot of turnovers in the defensive zone result in the mm. goals where, you know, they had opportunities to just make simple plays, make the, make the easy play. They make it difficult, and it's in the net. But, you know, they haven't scored any power play goals in the last four games. And, you know, specialty teams are going to win and lose you a lot, of, a lot of hockey games. And when you're going 0-4 on the power play every night, it's going to make it difficult to win. And then the other team on the other side is putting one or two up against you on the power play every night. It's going to be a difficult battle in the NHL winning hockey games. Yeah, and they've really battled hard, especially in the third period. Uh, Like against Tampa Bay, they came back with three goals in the third to tie it up, and then they just unfortunately lost it in the shootout. Yeah, anytime you go to shootout, it's 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 a coin toss for sure. So, you know, again, this team isn't quitting. I know their last game to Carolina uh, wasn't a great result, but you know, sometimes it catches up to you. Sometimes it catches up to you. It's wearing on the guys. The trade deadline was over after that. Probably, you know, a lot of weight was off people's uh, shoulders, and uh, it was just a game that uh, too bad they had to play. But uh, that was obviously the sloppiest effort of the uh, four-game road trip. Now, you talked about um, the veterans um, and trying to do it all themselves. And um, I noticed FNUF is out there causing a lot of grief as well. Do you think this agitation is kind of caused by all the trade action? Well, yeah, and, and the, just the losing right now. And, uh, you know, mm. every every day they get up, they're going to the rink. And, you know, it's not a good feeling going to that rink in the morning when you're losing. And, you know, the guys are trying their best and things just aren't working out, you know. The first goal against Carolina the other night, the goaltender quick has run over there, man. Like I'm going, you know, how does that happen? That's the way they start. That's the way they start. But, uh, you know, everything just compounds, makes it very difficult. And uh, you start squeezing your sticks a little bit. You start trying to do too much. And all of a sudden, you look at the end of the night, it's a 6-1 loss. Phaneuf was the one that ran over quick there, caused that goal. Um, He also ended up fighting Boyle against Nashville, which uh, I thought was pretty entertaining, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he showed some motion there, but, you know, yeah. sometimes sometimes you have to do that stuff, you know, earlier in the season and bring a little bit more of that to the table. And again, you know, now it's desperation time. These guys know they've had a tough year. They got to show that they can still play in the league and bring what they can, all the intangibles that they brought in years past. You mentioned um, being frustrated because of all the losses, and it must just build game and game in and game out. How do you keep those emotions in check? Because the penalties are really, uh, really killing them. Yeah, you got to, you know, you got to play uh, uh, with your emotions in check for sure. Anytime that uh, you know you're going in these buildings here and, and you start taking a lot of unnecessary penalties, just compounds trying to win these games. So. Again, that's got to come within within the team. Obviously, the coach's got to have the discipline instilled in them that they're not taking these penalties. But sometimes, uh, you know, emotions get a little uh, carried away, obviously, in the game. And 
people don't realize how intense these games are and uh, you know sometimes emotions can uh, uh, get out of control but that's what they don't need right now uh, going down the stretch here they need to get a couple of these guys up from Ontario and uh, the older guys show them the ropes and uh, get them ready for next training camp and uh, you know when this season's over put it behind them and look to the future. Now they're on a uh, four game, I believe, home stand coming up. Uh, they've got the Dallas Stars, Chicago Blackhawks, Montreal Canadiens, and St. Louis Blues. Um, how do you think that the outlook for that streak is going to look? Well, again, they're playing well. I mean, you know, if they start uh, putting some power play goals in, stop uh, uh, allowing power play goals, I mean, they're going to be in all these games. But again, you look at all the teams that are coming in, and those are all teams that are playing desperate. Not saying LA is mm. not playing desperate, but Chicago, Dallas, and St. Louis, those three teams are all fighting for that last, last playoff spot. So they're going to be intense games, and uh, you know LA's got to match that intensity. And uh, you know when they get home, don't get comfortable sitting in the recliner. You know you're home. Go put a show on for the fans and for your teammates. And you know what? Finish the season out with your head held high. That's true. And in the last game, the Hurricanes were uh, playing for that last wild card spot, so they uh, definitely had some intensity. And speaking of intensity and keeping your emotions in check, how do you feel about the hurricane celebration after the game? You know, it's, I don't know. It's uh, it's sort of, sort of odd to see that, I guess. And I guess you see it in football and stuff like that, but they sort of uh, curve that a little bit, but Hey, it's everybody's, uh, everybody's uh, choice to do what they want to do. And, uh, when we were in Edmonton, uh, when we won the Stanley Cup, Gretzky started that when everyone lays down on the ice and the cups surrounded by him. So he mm. uh, he started that. That was our team that started that, and it had uh, all to do with Gretzky. And I think that's worked out well for the league. So again, you know, celebrations. I, I'm the type of guy that I wouldn't want to do that. I'd just rather go and tap my goaltender on the on the pads and go to the dressing room and uh, and and undress. I just uh, sometimes thinks that's that's over overdoing a little bit you're pretty old school huh don cherry would be proud yeah i know but i'm not wearing a jacket like he does that's for sure (laughs) we can get you one i'm sure yeah i got a couple in my closet i still got a couple back from 84 so if we need me to wear one i got a couple already in the closet we'll have to get a shot of that and put it on instagram there you go yeah so what, what what do you think of the celebrations um I can see some benefits to it, like in the NFL. It draws crowds. It makes the game fun. Um, but I'm old school as well. I think it's a little over the top. Uh, I'm not as hard on the players as Don Cherry is calling those guys a bunch of jerks, which, by the way, they've totally embraced. And they were in the last game uh, against the Kings. They were shooting T-shirts out, and the T-shirts said bunch of jerks on them. So I thought that was pretty funny, actually. They made them up about a week and a half ago. But, yeah, you know what? If the fans enjoy it, that's that's the main thing. And, I mean, the, the fans should be the ones getting asked the questions here because the fans, like I said before, are what make the game of hockey. And if they like that and they're having fun and they're watching their heroes and uh, enjoying themselves on the ice, then, then so be it. Yeah, and I mean, there's a way to do it and a way not to do it. Um, I think celebrating, over-the-top celebrating, at, directly after a goal, or, you know, if you're up 6-1, um, celebrating is, is a little over the top. But if after the game, once the other team is off the ice, you come out, you do something for the fans, I can see 
where that might be appropriate. Yeah, and you hit the nail right on the head there exactly. As long as you don't embarrass the other team and uh, right. and uh, they're off the ice and all you're doing is joining the celebration uh, of the win, then I guess you're right. It's not causing any harm. So, again, no harm, no foul. Don Sherry, you know, he'll always, <laughs> he'll always have his comments on that, but he, he's been so good for hockey over the years, a great commentator. So, again, he's uh, a pretty colorful man, and uh, he's always going to have his thoughts for sure. We'll have to just respectfully disagree with Mr. Cherry. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of the future of the game, uh, I noticed during the game against Tampa Bay that a couple of the players were using new technology on the bench. I don't know if you noticed uh, the play where Brown was making a cross-ice pass to Leipzig and for some reason it just didn't get to Leipzig. It was almost a guaranteed goal, but it didn't go in somehow. And the two of them were sitting there on the iPad on the bench afterwards taking a look at it. And how how much do you think uh, technology will influence the game going forward? I think it'll be big time. I mean, I I remember reading articles, new stats uh, system coming into the NHL where they they're going to have have extra extra people in your organization to to monitor all these stats and stuff like that. But you know, look at the NFL; you always watch mm-hmm. a quarterback quarterback always sitting with his iPad, you know, looking for yeah. routes, looking who was open and stuff like that. So you're going to be able to pick up tendencies uh, uh, on other teams, obviously, even during the game. And again, sometimes you're going to wonder how that pass didn't get across there, and all of a sudden. You know, Brown's sitting there and he's thinking, okay, here, my coach just showed me. If I had to taken another couple quick, hard strides, I would have found a bigger seam and got it to him. So, again, right. I think it can work out. I mean, it's something that I'll have a hard time probably getting used to watching. You know, <laughs> I'm always the one that's sitting on the bench and you're talking to your teammates, how are you going to make plays and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, where are you going to go on the power play? Hey, this guy's coming after you. What are we going to do? Uh, I think those things should always still be figured out by the players and not uh, not an iPad on the bench. <laughs> well, the NFL seems to be kind of leading the forefront as far as technology is, is concerned. And actually, if you do want to um, learn a little bit more about your L.A. Rams, you can go to our L.A. Rams podcast on the Believe Network as well. They've got some interesting information about that team. The NFL has done real well. And you look at it and... Uh, you know, does it really help? You'd have to, mm-hmm. uh, you'd have to be right in the huddle there to find out what's going on. But I imagine it does help because videos helped, uh, you know, in the dressing room for years and years and years. Now you're just bringing it out to the bench. They did introduce some new technology to help viewers and fans as well. Um, the NFL is famous for its first and ten line, um, but the NHL has actually tried to incorporate some of that technology with the, the puck streaking. Yeah. on Fox, and that didn't go over so well. What were your thoughts on that? That's, uh, that's again, if you took a poll, it's probably going to be 50-50 on people that like it or don't like it. You know what I mean? Like people that sit in their living room and have trouble actually following the puck, it's going to be good for them. Right. The, other, the other younger people that are watching the game obviously follow the puck a lot better. So, again, you know, I don't need it to watch a game. Uh, some people might need it to watch a game. So wherever that goes, it goes. But, uh it always seems weird. They're always trying, like I said before on, on this podcast, always trying to invent the wheel, man. Just leave the game alone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One thing I did notice is I watched the game with someone who doesn't follow hockey. And 
I got a perspective that was new because I, I know the game. I've been watching the game since I was born um, and I play. And so I kind of have an idea of, I have some puck sense. I have an idea of where the puck's going, where, where it's been, who it's yeah. going to go to next. But someone that isn't familiar with the game has a harder time with that. And something that they mentioned to me, which I never realized, was the puck disappears a lot in a television broadcast. Whereas other sports, the ball is always visible. There's always a camera angle where you can see the ball and where it's going. But with hockey, when you're against the boards closest to the camera, you lose sight of the puck. And so a lot of people that aren't familiar with the game really struggle with that. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good point. But if the puck's on the boards or on the one side and you can't see it, that's where you got to get the director to tell the uh, the cameraman to pan over and take the wide shot on it. But the thing is, is yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, you know haven't been introduced to hockey and, and little weed technology that are going to help them out learning the game and uh, going and uh, sitting in the living room and and being uh, more enjoyable for them for sure. Yeah, and hopefully some of our podcasts will help new people become familiar with the game and start to enjoy it as much as we do yeah so what do you think of the what do you think of the uh, trade deadline who do you think got the best player out there oh boy that's a good question i like i like the simmons to nashville and he's going to play a playoff hockey for that club obviously i think the uh, golden knights getting mark stone is going to be a, an excellent offensive threat for him too now he's coming yeah. in there now he's even coming in there happier to sign a new eight-year deal too after he gets traded so He's going to go in there with a little piss and vinegar for sure. For sure. If you're talking short term, I would definitely have to agree with you on that. Yeah. And you, what we are thinking is we're thinking here that these uh, the third round for Carl Hagelin uh, is going to be a, a banner, banner pick for the L.A. Kings and for years to come, mm-hmm. this kid being a real cornerstone of the organization. And for that, they got yeah the third round pick. But they also got a 2020 conditional sixth round. So, yeah. And then, you know, that's what I mean. They're, Rob Blake is going to build this team and he's, yeah. he's going to be patient. And he's a guy that's not going to have knee jerk reaction. So, Absolutely. you know, now, now we just see what they do the rest of the way. And uh, tomorrow night they got a big game and hopefully they can get back into winning ways. I tell you what, all the soul searching going wrong in that dressing right now in that organization, the best thing they can do and uh, is to come out tomorrow night and, uh, Go put a good show on in front of the fans and get get a win and everything will, everything will change. Thanks, Kevin. And if you want to chime in on the LA Kings trade acquisitions or post-game celebrations or technology on the bench or whatever, send us your thoughts to at Shannon Believes. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.